This is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerter, brought to you as always by our good friends at VolleyballMag.com. Our listeners, hopefully you're not still hungover from Six Man. Huh. Caitlin, how are we feeling from yeah. Six Man? So good. So good? <laughs> so good. You might be in the minority. From I haven't been yeah. to Six Man yet, but from what I understand, it's um, very little about volleyball and a lot more about shellbacks. Yeah, yeah. I saw some, uh, some zombies out there yesterday, <laughs> Sunday. I saw some people around. But uh, yeah, that's that's the nature of the beast. It's a good thing they put it back to Friday, Saturday, so you have Sunday to recover, and then by Monday you're like, okay, I'm good now. That's true. That's yeah, not that's a bad true. idea. Yeah. I'd imagine that there would be a lot of people taking off. Well, the, those in beach volleyball who do work on Mondays, there'd be a lot of days off. Right. I would think so. <laughs> and those of you who don't know what the six man is, it's Manhattan Beach six man. I I don't know. I think it's like the biggest party tournament of the year. It's got to be up there. I don't know all the ones around the country because I don't travel to them, but it's up there. The it's, other it's big a one, complete shit show. The other big one that I is. know that was like my introduction to beach volleyball. Have you guys ever heard of FUDS? That's in what Florida? I was gonna say. That's the only other one that I really know about. Yeah. So that's a four man in mm-hmm. in Florida, and it's a week long thing. And then every oh, night of the week, there's much. a different players party. And like sponsored by a bar, so the drinks are super cheap. Like you can get a rum bucket with like five shots for like eight dollars. Oof, so dangerous. Naturally, everyone's playing their best and feeling fantastic. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's a super fun tournament. So I kind of want to do six man to see how it compares to fuds. I can I can get you on a team. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be designated drinker. There you, you can go. take my spot. <laughs> you can take my spot for sure. Um, and now we have a, a real volleyball. Well, not that six man's not a real tournament, but we have an <laughs> AVP tournament coming to Manhattan Beach. How stoked are you? You've been hot lately. I, I'm really excited. It's been a good couple of weeks, and uh, I'm hoping that I can just keep that going for the next next couple tournaments. But um, the season has been kind of crazy, and so to have some success in all of the craziness is exciting. Yeah, I would say some success is probably a little bit of an understatement. So you made, what, <laughs> one career Sunday before this year, right? Yeah, and that was the last year. Last year. Whoa, mm-hmm. really? I didn't realize this was That was my one. first, yeah. Dang. Yeah, with Maria last year. And so uh-huh. to get back there, it was, it was good. And then you made finals in Seattle, mm-hmm. picked up by a little someone named April Ross. A little not, someone. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> and then you made finals in San Francisco, and then another Sunday here in Hermosa. Yep. So what, what's been going right with your game this year? Because you were most improved in 2017, but you're probably likely to get it again in 2018 considering how much success you've had. That'd be really cool. So what's been different or improved about your game from 2017 to 18? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of it is just personal growth um, about myself and then having the right support system the last, the last year and a half. Um, I've really kind of come into myself with the people I'm surrounding myself with and it's now the right people and having that support system and the coaches and the um, people who are going to help you out and help you figure out what you need to do. I'd say that's honestly the biggest thing. Yeah. Maria last year was huge. Her taking me down to Brazil for three months at the beginning of the year. That was, that was career changing. Um, Rachel Scott is a fantastic coach who I was working with last year and she has really helped me in a lot of ways. Um, So just that kind of, yeah, finding people. And I wanted to, Talk about that Brazil experience you had, because I know when we were talking in Hermosa, you yeah. were pumped about it, and you said that that's, that was the first time that you felt like you were a pr- real professional athlete. Right. So kind of walk us through that experience. Like, what three months in Brazil, that's awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. I want to do it. It, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I met, I've, I've 
obviously everyone knows who Maria is and I've been a girl fan of hers forever. When Irina and I first started playing a couple years ago, we would go to these tournaments and see Maria and her sister playing and we'd be like, oh my gosh, that's Maria and Carol. And can we just see what they're eating? And like, what are we, what are they doing? And they smiled at us. And then, (laughs) and then we started working with Rachel Scott, who is good friends with Maria. And so when Maria got pregnant, she came to a couple of our practices just to like help out shag balls and get exercise while she was pregnant. And then, um, she had the baby and needed a partner for AVP and Rachel kind of helped us get together. Um, and Maria at the end of the season was like, you should come down to Brazil and train in the off season and see what we're doing down there. She, um, knew that I was struggling with some things here, needed to figure out, you know, uh, my nutrition and my workouts and my, like I said, working or not working, um, cause I had been working a ton. It was too much. And so she's like, come down to Brazil, train how we train. Let's see if this works for you. Cause you, what you've been doing isn't really working. So let's put the reset button on and, and see if it works. Then it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always wanted to go down there and just, I mean, it's Brazil, so it's beautiful. Obviously. Beautiful. I'm assuming you're in Rio. Yep. And yeah, just, I mean, it's a completely different vibe down there when you go to practice, right? Like how yeah. many coaches did you have helping? We had four at almost every practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome. six days a week, Monday through Saturday, four coaches. Yeah. Dang. Yes. And our strength coach would come to the practices. They were in constant communication with, uh, with our volleyball coaches. Um, they were at the gym with us every day that we were at the gym on the stand with us. Um, so it was just the support system that they have down there is fantastic. That's insane. But I mean, obviously you're rarely going to see that out here in mm. the States. Cause yeah. I mean, that's not a real job for anyone to, to be able to, I mean, it could be a real job. It is for some athletes, but to be able to pay someone in the U.S. to to be at all your lifting and at all your practices and right. take up that much time is that's it's, rare. Yeah, it would be a struggle here. Yeah, definitely. it's enough exactly. to pay one. You had four. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yes. insane. And then it was really cool because my mom got to go down for about a month. Um, and she was at every practice too, helping the coaches loved her cause they had, to, they got to shag less and she was like the official <laughs> ball shagger. And, um, so it was really cool to be able to share that with her. Was your mom a player too? Like, did you grow up in a volleyball household? Not at all. Uh, my, that's not true. My older sister played, um, but she played volleyball, basketball and softball, and she could have easily gone to play in college for any one of them. Um, but by the time she graduated high school, she was burnt out and was just, I want to be a normal, a normal kid in college. Um, and so she didn't go play, but, um, but no, my mom didn't play. She's five ten, left-handed would have been perfect for volleyball, but hmm. yeah, no, hmm. my family is a little more into like extreme sports. So my brother was a motocross racer. Um, we wakeboard and water ski and do all that kind of stuff. Um, actually grew up where I grew up because my parents moved out there for my brother motocross racing. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. How's, is yeah. his career still going? Uh, no, he's now um, a captain at the city of Arcadia's fire department. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But he did it for a while. Sounds like a fun childhood, it to was. say the least. It was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, my parents live on three and a half acres and That's awesome. on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Sounds like heaven. It is. <laughs> Culture yeah. shock being like the sound of Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know Travis likes that because he grew up in... Uh, Basically yep. that, right? Farm town. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just miles and miles of fields of nothing. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> Culture shock being in the South Bay. You come down here and... A little bit. Yeah. A lot of it. It's very different. <laughs> yeah. And now you ended up going to Long Beach, mm-hmm. and I know that you had offers from pretty much anywhere you wanted to go to. So what made you go with the beach? 
Um, Brian, Jim Malaro. Um, I went there solely for for him and the volleyball program. Um, my goal was always to play professionally after, and I knew that Brian would make me the best volleyball player I could possibly be. Um, at the time, he had more women playing professionally than any other college coaches combined. And um, I mean, our program still has people playing, men's and women's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, I think, the right decision. And if I could go back and do it all over again, I would. It was hard, but it was good. Did you, you also had, did, was Misty May there while you were there? Misty, yeah. So Misty actually coached um, us. She helped out with the sand team my, my last year. I stayed oh, okay. for a fifth, a fifth year and did the last season and she and her and Butch helped coach us. Pretty cool. Not yeah, a bad that's team to have nice. around you. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. She was actually my partner for a couple of practices. My partner got injured and I got to play with her. Nice. Fun. Were you, how nervous were you for that so one? So nervous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told my partner who was injured, I was like, you have to take pictures. Like, you have to sneak the phone. You have to take pictures. If I can't send this to my mom, she's going to be so mad. And, and if you start feeling better, you can't play. Right. Uh, I get to play. <laughs> Give me at least one or two practices with Misty. Yep. Yeah. Pretty now, cool. You mentioned that you went to Long Beach because they had a good reputation for sending athletes to the pros. Mm -hmm. Were you looking indoor then? Or did you know it that was. beach was probably in your future as well? Um, honestly, both. And uh, I wanted to go play indoor overseas for a couple seasons to kind of fund my beach career, set up, set up my beach career. Um, and I had an indoor contract um, after I stayed for the fifth, fifth year of beach. Um, I was signed to go play overseas. And that's Everything kind of went crazy. I went and played a beach tournament in Canada, and I broke my foot and tore a tendon in my ankle, giving Robbie Page a high five in the parking lot no. after the tournament was over. Yeah, Come on, Robbie. Oh, yeah. He held that high five way too high. It was way too high. I oh. hopped up, broke my foot. Oh, but no one believed me that I broke my foot because they're like, there's no way that you broke your foot doing that. Yeah. So I walked around Canada that night um, on a broken foot. Uh, and then the next morning I woke up and it was the size of the ball. And I was like, okay, something's wrong. So I ended up losing my contract because I was two weeks before I was supposed to leave. Um, that was August. And then that January is when I tried out for the EDP team and uh -huh. uh, ended up making it. And so I stayed, started and playing. How long after, because you went to World University Games. Yeah. Was that before or after? That was before. The World University Games was before. Before all that. Right. Yes. That was a good time. Yeah. So we, we did in the one in Brazil, and then I also got to do the one in Russia, too. Oh, right. I did two okay. of them. Yeah. yeah. One was, cool. was World University... Games. Games, and the other one's like... It's uh, something a little different, right? something a little different, and I can't remember which anyway. one is which, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to go to that one in Brazil. I think it's because I was playing indoor at the time that I couldn't go. Oh, okay. But, but Caitlin and I both got to go to Russia. Where did we go? Kazan? Kazan, yep. Kazan, Russia, and play in the World University Games mm -hmm. for beach. What are the World University Games? Can someone just kind of explain that one? Uh, it, they are, it's literally like what it sounds like. It's the Olympics for university students, for students. Okay, so it's, it's college kids then, right? Or can yeah, you go Yeah, basically. Younger? I mean, everyone's basically lying about it. Right. I'd say at least half the people are like, they just signed up and got some kind of paperwork saying they're in school. Right. But generally, it's like, it's basically like the U23 Mm -hmm. 25 depending on where you're from yeah um olympics and it's legitimately like the olympics yeah i mean neither of us have been to the olympics but i'm talking filling like eighty thousand people in this stadium for open opening ceremony it looks exactly like the olympics right i'm well, sure the olympics is bigger scale but there's a full village they mm -hmm. build buildings for like an olympic village and full complexes and like it's crazy i went indoors with 
um, the U.S. the indoor national team in China, and it was like, and then I went with for beach in Russia, and it was like insane. One of the coolest things I've ever done. It's amazing that they put that much money into yeah a, something like that, but it's it's the Olympics. It feels like you're at the Olympics. That's so cool. I was imagining like it was just some you know kind of BS like FIVB youth tournament well the one it's like so the one i did in brazil was just volleyball right then that one is is more like an fivb event and then the one that we did in russia i think it's every other year or every three years or something like that yeah something like that and so the the odd so one's the games like the olympic games and the other one's the world university championships i think think that's that's what it was called yeah um but yeah i went to the pan-american games as well and this is bigger scale for sure and pan am games is basically north america games um, I think, and Central, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too but many this games was even bigger. Yeah. This was even bigger than that. Yeah, it was. It was insane. So you you did end up going overseas then? I did. I have gone overseas a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was looking through your BVB. You've been to like you got onto the international scene pretty quickly into your beach career. Like, did you always know that the international was where it was like kind of your goal? Yeah, it, yes, definitely, because the Olympics is still my goal. Um, Irene and I just kind of got really lucky when we started. Um, we kind of just fell into FIVB points because it was the year after the Olympics, and there was a tournament in Anapa, Russia, and it was right when you, Russia and Ukraine were having some major issues, and none of the U.S. teams wanted to go to this event. And Irene and I had zero points, and we were like, we'll go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go. So we had one qualifier match because, like I said, there was kind of no one there. I ended up taking a ninth in this. It was an, it was an open at the time. It was before the the star system happened. Opens like a, it's like a three star. Yeah, about equivalent to that. Yeah. So it's a pretty good tournament. Right, and so that kind of just jump started our our FIVB career. And that year we were just like we'll go anywhere that we can get into. It didn't matter what country or how much money it costs to get there. We're like we'll we'll go. Send us. And so that's how we kind of got started. That's awesome. And you mentioned that. You wanted to go overseas indoors to fund your beach career. Yeah. But without that funding from indoors, what did you do to kind of sustain the international travel and everything? I know you mentioned before you went to Brazil that you were like overworking yourself to try to make everything else work. Yeah. So what were what were the various jobs that you had going on? <laughs> the first one, well, I've, I've coached club um, for the last nine years. Now I started in college under my assistant coach and I've, I've been doing that forever. Um, but when I broke my foot... I got a job at Lululemon as a seasonal employee there. And then um, the same week that I made the EDP program, I, they hired me on full-time as after the, the seasonal. Wow. Um, so like I said, I've mentioned it before, like faith is a big part of my, my life. And I can kind of look back and I see that in my career, how everything is just kind of like when I needed that, that next step, like it's just come along. And I really think that that's God's way of like, you're on the right track, like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, so I worked at Lululemon for, um, almost two years and then I was coaching club. I was coaching two or three club teams at a time, a beach club and then high school as well. So literally seven days a week of coaching for like four hours a day. Were you using the same 24 hours in a day the rest of us were? (laughs) Yeah, really? No, (laughs) no. So that's what, that's what I mean. I was just, I was overworked. I was exhausted. My body was struggling to keep up with what I was doing mentally, physically, everything. I just needed to hit that reset button. And that's what Brazil did for me this year. Yeah. And we'll keep kind of like hopscotching back in time (laughs) because I'm like so curious about this Brazil experience too. So when you went, 
like, what did you expect? I know you came back, like you mentioned that you felt like a completely different athlete almost. Mm -hmm. And so what specifically in your game have you seen improve or change? And to like, as far as expectations go, like, was it about what you expected more? I really had no expectations going into it. I, I had never lived anywhere other than the U S for that amount of time. Um, Maria just kind of took care of everything before I went down there. So I was walking into, I had no idea what was going on. I showed up the first practice and I was like, okay, I'm here. Like <laughs> someone yell at me. And, um, so I've never since college, I had never practiced in with that intensity. You know, in college we have a coach, multiple coaches that are telling us what to do and when to do it. And everything is planned out for you. And then here we do it all ourselves and it kind of just, it was just so different. And then I went down to Brazil and it was like being in college again, um, which was really neat. <laughs> you think, do you think Brazilians have an upper hand after seeing that? You think they have an upper hand having that, those kind of coaches and that kind of environment? I do. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd call it an upper hand, but I, I feel like anyone who is training like that is going to be, become the best. Like it's, it's impossible to not have that amount of coaches and that, you know, right. all of that and not become better. Like if you go down there and, and you don't become better, then you probably shouldn't be playing. <laughs> right. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I feel like from like a sheer rep standpoint too, mm -hmm. like you would have to almost try to not improve. Right. Because like we were practicing next to Amanda Dowdy and Irene today uh -huh. and their coach, I think by Thiago. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah. And like he just, he was just ripping like twenty balls at a time at mm -hmm. Irene, and she probably dug like two hundred balls in an hour and a half of yep. practice today. Yep. And then you add three more coaches, and then a strength coach on top of that. And it's like you, I feel like going to Brazil, it's inevitable that you'll get way better. I mean, I would do it every year if I could. I would go down there for at least a month every year and and have that experience if I could, if I could make that work. I would love to go again this year, Maria. <laughs> yeah, Maria, I want to come too. I had to become better friends with Case Beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll we got to get Jeremy to take us yeah. down. Right. <laughs> and so this year, how much international travel have you done? I know you just got back from China fairly recently, mm -hmm. meddled with Sarah Sponsel, a former guest on the show. So yep. congratulations on that. Thank you. We're going to pause the show there to take a quick second to give a shout out and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors. We love you guys for sponsoring the show. And for our listeners, uh, it's kind of crazy that the AVP season is coming to an end. Uh, sort of. And the fact that it's coming to an end means one thing that you probably need to re up on your volleyballs because if you play as much as I do or as much as a lot of these players do, your volleyballs are probably beat to hell. So go to Wilson Volleyball and get 20% off of all of your purchases using our discount code Wilson Sand. Again, that's 20% off using our discount code Wilson Sand. This show is also brought to you, as always, by our guys at VolleyballMag.com. They are your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. They got indoor covered. They got beach covered, whether it's from Stad to Hermosa Beach. Ed Chan has the best pictures in the game. Lee Feinswag has the most insightful interviews. Every now and then, I contribute something that might be worthless, might be worthwhile reading. I'm not sure, but if you're looking for volleyball news, make sure to go to VolleyballMag.com, your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. We would also like to welcome Volley Camp Hermosa. 
as a new sponsor of the show. If you're listening, you've probably heard of Volley Camp Hermosa. It is the place to go to get better at beach volleyball. Whether you are planning a trip to Hermosa Beach, California, the mecca of beach volleyball, or live locally, they have professional coaches to take your game to the next level. For those making the beach volleyball pilgrimage, they offer week-long adult training camps that are the complete beach volleyball experience. If you live locally or you can't join a camp, you can take their weekly classes and or private training. All levels are welcome, from A to AAA to open. Sign up online at www.volleycamphermosa.com. I'll say that one more time, www.volleycamphermosa.com. Or for more information, you can just give them a call. It is 234-PLAY-VCH. Or you can email them. Info at volleycamphermosa.com. We will see you guys on the sand. And, of course, we always love our sponsors at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com because if your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out our online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. We all know that you beach volleyball players need to put that oodles of prize money somewhere. You might as well start it with Pacific Coast Wealth Management. So when you get to the site, click on their link, build your financial plan here, and work with a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss everything from 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as a lot of stuff that beach volleyball players genuinely don't know a whole lot about, which is why we need the help with our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their, for their employees partners or themselves, you can give them a call too. Or 529 College Savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know that you can give 15000 a year to your kid? I know when I was a kid, I wouldn't have minded that. Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or you can give them a call, 949-637-7052. Again, that is 949-637-7052. A lot of the listeners of the show are professional athletes, and as we all know, you cannot have enough recovery, which is why the show is also brought to you by our good friends at FireflyRecovery.com. So what Firefly Recovery is, it is a wearable device that simulates blood flow throughout the damaged or sore or afflicted area, say a knee. And what you do, you just strap it on and it helps you recover much faster. So when you are on that 12-hour flight to Stad or a 36-hour trip to South Africa, you can put this on and you're not going to get that super sore, kind of swollen feeling that you get after you fly on planes. Actually, you can make your plane, you can make your trip productive by putting on Firefly Recovery, helping heal up that area, getting off, and you're going to be playing the best volleyball of your life. So give them a visit at fireflyrecovery.com. Let us know what you think and use the discount code sandcast in all caps for a 10% off all right that is sandcast all caps for 10% off at fireflyrecovery.com and now back to the show um so how's this year been internationally so far because domestically it's been phenomenal like definitely a career year for you so far yeah i mean it started out pretty good my first tournament of the year was in australia with jace actually and we took a second there and then I went to um, Thailand with Emily Stockman, and we won the Thailand event and then kind of started playing the AVP season. Um, I actually haven't done as much FAVB as I wanted to. Um, I was kind of taking this year. I was supposed to play the whole season with Maria, 
the AVP season. And so I was taking this year, the plan was to take this year as, as another learning year with Maria. Um, but she wanted to play FIVB still, and it just didn't work out that way. So I haven't done as much um, international events as I would like to, but the ones that I have done, they've been successful. I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. And with with the international scene, too, I know that the 2015 season, for you, I was looking at it, and you did so much traveling with Irene, mm-hmm. and I think you guys only qualified for the last tournament. Mm-hmm. How tough is that to go to China and Stad and like Thailand. Irene just got back from doing that whole tour. Yeah. Her and Amanda have, again this year. have to have bought like a house in China. <laughs> yeah. They've been gone for like eight weeks this yeah. year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How tough is it though to continue to register for FIVBs, buy a plane ticket? It's really expensive for a qualifier that you guys have, like haven't made it out yet though. I mean, yeah. obviously it's worked out in the long run. Yeah. But that's a difficult investment to make, I'm sure. It was, um, but at the same time, it wasn't because Irene and I had the same goal, um, and I, I still think Irene does, um, but that's to make the Olympics, and then we just knew that that was what we needed to do. We needed to just drown ourselves in all of the experience of traveling and losing and having to play single elimination matches to get that experience, and um, I look back on that year, and it was a very draining year, but I also learned a lot, um, so it's when you look at the end game, what's your goal? It's a no-brainer. I had to do it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you haven't been there unless you've been there. Like, exactly. You have to go overseas and like those tournaments. I was telling World University Games mm-hmm. and like just being overseas. There's like a, a pressure on you. Like, oh, I just flew across the world to get here to play. Like, there's a little extra pressure right. for sure, uh, and you just got to get used to playing with it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it just becomes normal. Um, but yeah. I definitely think the success you're having right now is because of the time you've put in. Thank you. Especially overseas. I get nervous flying to Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get this guy out of the country. <laughs> Maybe to Hawaii first. Yeah. Hawaii would be a good Close, one. And then no one gets you out of the country. Yeah. I still haven't left the country. Really? So it's just like a recurring joke. Maybe on the get show. a passport. Do you have a passport? I do have a passport. Oh, okay. Step one. Yeah. Do you have a passport? So we're good there. I got it last year. So I was 26 when I finally got my passport. Norseka. That's Norseka. impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Norseka is, well, you had a great start with your international career as far as Norseka's go, because you and Irene won two, and then you and Emily yes. won one, two, right? Uh, yes. Irene and I won St. Lucia, and then Canada, North Bay. We took a fourth in Cuba, and I, I a fourth or a fifth in uh, Puerto Rico, and then Emily Stockman and I won St. Lucia again the following year. Dang. And that's a... I, me and Hayden went there one year. That's a great spot. It's beautiful. So to go there and to actually win is it twice. Was, it was fun. That's pretty awesome. It was fun. Not a bad way to travel. <laughs> no, it's, Not at all. St. Lucia is like legit, like picturesque Caribbean island, and you're just... There's just like a small little... Yeah. Norseca going on. <laughs> the sand is sketchy as hell, though. It's a parking lot with sand yeah. sprinkled over it. Irene and I actually asked the tournament director if we could play with tennis shoes on. Really? We didn't want to play... Yeah, it's, barefooted. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, no, um, we found a, a knife, like a six-inch blade sticking... The Canadians we were playing against found a six-inch blade sticking out of the sand. I haven't even seen that in Huntington, and that's impressive. Me and Hayden uh, (laughs) decided, like, before the matches, we're like, if the ball goes outside of the court, we don't play it. Because they would, like, they, like, tilled it inside the lines, and then outside is, like, just straight. Yeah. Basically, like, cement. 
It's, it's kind of embarrassing. This episode's but, like an advertisement for Nursake. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but but I mean, you're and on I a the, beautiful Caribbean island. We did the same thing. It was a very brief moment in my career where we decided to be split blockers, and so I was playing a little bit of defense, and we, we had this deal where, like, we're not going to die for a ball until we absolutely have to, and we didn't die for a ball, didn't touch the sand until the semifinals. It's the first time either one of us actually It sounds dove. so stupid, but... I mean, well worth it for, especially if you go and win it. You get yeah. paid to go hang out in Caribbean Island. I'm actually a big fan of the Narseka tour yeah. and all of those events. I Sign me up for all of them. It's an unreal <laughs> experience. That's what everyone we've had on who's done Narseka has mm-hmm. loved them. You're not mm-hmm. going to like make a full-time living out of it, that's for sure. But, I mean, part of, the, part of the great thing about being a professional beach volleyball player is the places that it takes you. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I have this map on the wall over here, and it's just covered yeah. in everything. I've probably been to one there's probably 40 tax in there 30 maybe yeah and i've probably been out of the country once or twice not for volleyball maybe once actually same everything's volleyball yeah you don't have a tack on maryland hey where's the invite <laughs> where's the invite it's when everyone crab cakes yeah, come I'm on over to get some crab <laughs> i've never done maryland either it's, it's never been there there was a tournament there once didn't get the invite. I know that there was there was an NVL in Baltimore. Right. And the Olympic right. trials were in Baltimore too in ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't invited. Nope. I was six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now if you had to kind of give a recommendation to because I know like a lot of young players, it's a tough leap to make to start playing FIVBs. If you had to give a recommendation to kind of how to get into it, is it just just do it? Is there a more responsible plan or is it just you just got to go? Um, I think there's probably a more responsible way to do it than what I did, but I really have enjoyed my life in the last five years of just doing it and saying yes to a whole bunch of experiences. And like you were saying, like one of the cool things about this career is I look back on the last five years and all of the crazy memories that I have from going to these places. And a lot of times... I had fun because we lost out super early and we didn't know how to book flights and stuff really yet. So we booked our flight for a week or a week and a half in these places and we lost the first day and we're like, all right, now we have a week here in South Africa and like, what do we do? And um, so I look back on the last four or five years and I'm like, I wouldn't wouldn't change anything. Like all of those experiences I'm so grateful for. Um, So yeah, if you're looking to, to just start, I would say just set your goal and then jump in. Get a passport for twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you actually get an extra week in South Africa? I got that. I did once. Was did. that from the Durban event? No, it, I can't pronounce the name. Oh, it wasn't just Durban a random one. one. It was in North South Africa, got and it. we lost out early. We drove thirteen hours. We road tripped it thirteen hours across South Africa. It's a little sketchy. It by was the way. super sketchy with <laughs> yeah. no phones on the wrong side of the car on the wrong side of the road. Yep. Six hours the first day. Stayed at a safari hotel did a safari in the morning, drove the rest of the way to Cape Town and then went like cage diving with the sharks and all the hikes and almost died on these hikes, but made it back. Where has your job taken you people? (laughs) 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 No, it's funny because I did the exact same thing. I had Gabby, my wife, fly out when me and Derek Olson played in Durban. My first FIVB, actually. We played in an open in Durban and then stayed in South Africa for a week and a half with my wife and we're just like, basically the most fun trip we've ever been on right shark diving of course yep um but yeah that that's the kind of stuff i mean and you hear some crazy stories if you ask all the players mm-hmm. the places they've slept and i'm actually surprised i haven't heard of any uh like 
people not making it back. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's trying to be cheap, too, somewhat, you know, especially yeah. when you're still on the North Sacred Tour and all that. Right. Um, no, but it's... A lot of hostels. A lot, lot of, of hostels. You learn a lot. Hey, can I, can I crash into your room? <laughs> you mature very quickly because yeah. you, you're forced to, you know? And, and you get... Uh, you get to learn about all the cultures, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Learn a few words in every language and you can relate to a lot more people after that. Yep. It's pretty awesome. I'd imagine, too, that doing an overseas trip with your partner is probably a bonding experience like, oh, yeah. like no other volleyball tournament, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Irene and I used to joke that she spent more time with me than she did her husband. It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. probably <laughs> true. Yeah. And now it's Amanda. Right. <laughs> For sure. I mean, there's so many mornings you wake up at like, because that first morning you're always super jet lag. First two usually. Mm-hmm. And you're like both awake at like three in the morning like, hey, you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Should we uh, just walk around or something? There's four hours till breakfast opens. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's like pretty standard. And then you'll go walk around the hotel or whatever. And there's like everyone else is up too. And right. Just unique experiences. Sarah and I didn't know each other at all before we got to this China event. We had a couple practices together, didn't know each other at all. We spent four days in China before the tournament actually started. And by the end of the tournament, I'm like, oh, you're my new best friend. Like, this is awesome. I know you so well now. I mean, after podcasting with her, I could see that being pretty fun. It was fun. You too, (laughs) out in China for sure. We had a good time. Pretty easy to get along with. Absolutely. Did she find a unicycle? Anywhere she out did, there. but we she did a lot of handstands. Uh, a lot of handstands. <laughs> a lot okay. of handstands. She should be in a circus. Maybe start a volleyball <laughs> she circus. She is a woman of many talents. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good uh, that was a good podcast with her. I learned a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, and she's still a a new face on tour, or at least mm-hmm. to the AVP. I know that not a lot of AVP fans keep up with the college game or get to watch it mm-hmm. a whole lot. So what what is it about Sarah that's making her? like allow her to make this transition from the college game to like taking bronzes and was it three star? Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. So I was super impressed with her. Um, I I joked that she's like a a puppy chasing a ball. Like you throw the ball and like, she's not going to stop. Right. And she's such a gamer. And it was just, we had these practices. We had like three or four practices here and it was still like kind of rocky at the practices. It wasn't like super comfortable on the court. And then we get to China and it was just like, we turned it on and she's a gamer for sure. And, uh, it was, she was super easy to play with. Yeah. Seems like it. She's having success with whoever. I know her and Lauren have, have been doing really well too. I think in the last couple of events that they're, she's still over there with Lauren. So they're doing well. Yeah. When's your next international trip? Um, hopefully the ones in October. Okay. There's a couple of three and four stars in October. And then I think today they just announced a couple more being added in Mexico and, and Vegas. Vegas. Oh, wait, is that announced? I think so. It's I official. Yep. I saw four a link st- on it today. Four star in Vegas. Booyah. Yep. And then I, I think go. it's Mexico. I don't know if it's a three or a four star, but in Mexico. And are these Olympic qualifying events? The Vegas one is. Yeah. Vegas is China. Uh-huh. Wait, they the added, they're is. adding this many in? And no, there's. Oh, yeah, the other China. Never mind. Um, and then I think Mexico is too. I think anything after September is technically the 2019 are, season. Yeah, those are all. And those in are October. all Olympic qualifiers. Where is Mexico? I can't remember. Not Puerto Vallarta or Cabo. Know, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, might need a vacation at the end of the year. You can go make some money as well. Yeah, I'm stoked about the Vegas event though. That's going to be oh, fun. That's exciting. It's I don't funny. know where in Vegas it is. I don't know what venue they have. No idea. No yeah. clue. I mean, the MGM is the only place big enough I could think of. But I mean, yeah, they 
they could they a lot of times FIVB will do like side courts somewhere else, you know, and then mm-hmm. like have a stadium elsewhere. So, I mean, there's a lot of sand and space in Vegas, that's for sure. Right. No, um, no shortage of space. I <laughs> hope it's a it's a cool um, center court though. I can't imagine them doing it poorly in right. Vegas. They're, yeah. they're going to play that up for sure. I hope they do it like major series yeah. style too, like yeah. where they just have it absolutely raging the whole time. I just want to hit the sports books. If, oh, that if too. Vegas puts beach volleyball in the sports books, is there odds? <laughs> that, yeah, I hope go. so. I'm going <laughs> to. That would be pretty cool. That's I'll, what I'm there for. I'll put some down right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this year's been a little bit different for you because for a while, like you were super steady with partners with mm-hmm. Irene and then. Uh, you and Maria were set to play, and mm-hmm. then could she not play AVPs because of like the AVP USAV thing going on? Yes. Um, yeah. So when I was down there in Brazil at the beginning of the year, she has told me from the start she still wants to play FIVB for Brazil. She's not ready to give that up yet. And we were just going to try to figure it out. She wanted to play AVP because it's a good moneymaker for her. Um, and so we were like, we'll just we'll kind of figure it out as as it goes. And then New York is the event where everything kind of got crazy with the USAV, AVP miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, she decided that she was just going to go play FAVB in Brazil and just focus on that. Okay. So, yeah. So it's been crazy for partners and since then. has she played this year? Yes. I don't remember how she's been doing. She is actually going, I want to say she's in Moscow. Oh, okay. Pretty sure she's in Moscow. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's done a couple events. Um, she's been bouncing around with partners down in Brazil too, but um, she's been with Elise for the last couple months and, and they're doing FOVs. This is the first time in a while you've had to do the partner shake up a lot. How's like, how yeah. has it been going? I mean, you've been succeeding with whoever you've played with. I mean, just in the past like two months, you've played with like three or four different yeah, partners and like count. you're killing it with all of them <laughs> because you started the year what Austin was with Kendra. Yes. And then New York was with, with Maria. Maria. And then a- Seattle with April, San Fran with Gina, Hermosa with Gina. And China now with Sarah. China with Sarah. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if we're counting FIVBs, then I started the year with Jace, Jace. and then Emily. <laughs> wow. And then China with Kendra, Austin with Kendra. Jeez. I played Huntington with Lane. That is, that's got to be a record. If I don't win the pokey award at the avp season for the most partners i'm actually going to be upset (laughs) (laughs) i'm taking that award (laughs) i like it well what what have you i don't know taken from it obviously it's worked out in your favor most most people try to avoid doing that but i don't know what what has has there been good or bad coming out of it um i i would i think it's good i'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason and i don't really understand why it's happening but it's happening for a reason and i just have to kind of make the best of it and take i feel like i'm learning a little bit about myself and about other partners from everybody that i'm playing with so i'm trying to take you know one or two lessons from each tournament with each partner and put it towards the next tournament and and just yeah make the most of it you learn more about i would assume just um what other people's strengths um, complement your strengths, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm. I have not jumped around partners very much. I had hiding for five years straight, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I could totally see that. Like at least having a year or two where you do that, right? Uh, being really beneficial. Then when when you do find that one partner, you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know what I want. I know right. that this is gonna work. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Irene and I were each other's first professional partners, and we were together for a really long time, almost right. three years. And when we broke up, 
um, there was no bad blood. It was very mutual, but it was just, we needed to kind of figure out what we could do with other people because mm-hmm. we felt like we kind of hit the ceiling. And, um, I feel like I've done that in the last year and a half playing with all these different people. I've learned so much about myself and my own strengths and things that I thought I wasn't capable of doing or a way of playing. I thought I wasn't capable of playing and now I'm getting more competent and like I am versatile and I can adapt and I can do things that I didn't or wasn't comfortable doing before. Right. Which is really neat. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, April did that too at one point where Mm -hmm. she had to kind of just jump around and figure things out and she was obviously very successful at it. I've kind of noticed that lately. It's just like, because I've always, like I said, I've always thought you just, the best thing to do is just stick with one person for the, I mean, obviously if you're not winning, then right. whatever, but to be winning and to be moving around, that's a whole, yeah. it's a whole different animal. I mean, goal is definitely to have that one person, that right. one partner, but it's not there yet. There's a so. lot to gain from it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, coming from an expert partner hopper. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that... I don't know, you learn how to be adaptable as a partner a lot because you have to play with different game styles Mm -hmm. and different personalities. Like playing with Rafi and Austin could not be any more different from playing with Hagen, who's like super fiery. Right. And then which also couldn't be more different than playing with Gabe Ospina in San Francisco. Like three completely different styles of play and personalities. I think you you learn to adjust. And Mm -hmm. I think that almost makes you more marketable because like if you have success with everyone you play with, then there's no way you could have a bad tournament with a partner because you've played with every different type. Right. I think I think it's it's I look at it as learning opportunities. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until you, until you well. find that, you, might you know, as well. the one that, that starts working out and then you both stick with each other, but yeah. still waiting on that one. I like it. <laughs> right there with you, buddy. Well, you, you, hey, gotta, you listening? You got to repeat. <laughs> you got to repeat this uh, for Manhattan, right? Yeah. We're back from Manhattan. So it's the second time in my career that I've played consecutive tournaments with the same partner. That's, well, that's, <laughs> my, that's my max this year. It's two, two with a partner and then That's nope. insane. Yep. And now um, you have, you are switching up the partnerships again for Manhattan, correct? I am. I am. Um, I'm playing with Nicole Brannick in Manhattan and Chicago, and hopefully the FFVBs at the end of the year. All right, so you locked it down for two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we have our first practice on Wednesday, so we'll get like five, five or six practices in before Manhattan, so hopefully be able to figure it out on the court. She's got a decent resume. She does. Above average. She yeah. does, yeah. It was definitely a good phone call to get. Yeah, people like that are asking me to play. It's like okay. Yeah, for sure. Doing something right. Totally. <laughs> for sure. And after two really good tournaments with Gina, what prompted the move? From what I understand, it's probably an international motivation. Exactly. Um, Gina is one of the most, the most exciting partners I've ever had. We get along so well on the court. The chemistry is there. I have so much fun playing with her. Um, if she, if we could, I would stick with her for a very very long time. Um, I have more international goals. She wants to play more AVP. Um, so for me, it was purely just the international. Um, like I said, Gina's amazing, and I had an amazing time playing with her. Um, but Nicole wants to do FIBBs and has that international um, desire, so that's where I need to go. You have gotten some pretty big phone calls this year. What was it like <laughs> when April Ross gave you a call? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she, it was pretty funny because in New York, she had texted me and was like, "Hey, I need a practice partner. You know, for these days, um, can you practice with me?" And I had never played with her, or practiced with her at all before that. So I was like super stoked that I just got to practice with her for two days. And then um, I was in the car with my mom actually, and she texted me, and I 
was like, mom, guess what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and my mom goes, April asked you to play. And I was like, yes. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. So it was really, really cool. That's funny. Yeah. April is fantastic. She's a great partner too. I think that was, um, one of the things I took from her was how versatile and adapting she was and how seamless that transition was, um, to playing with her. Like she made me feel so comfortable and so confident, um, there that I want to model that and whatever, you know, whoever I'm playing with is like, I want that transition every time I, I switch partners is what, how she made me feel is how I hopefully make whoever I'm playing with feel. Um, so it was a really good experience. Was there, did you feel any pressure playing in Seattle playing with April or was it almost pressure off because you had one of the greatest female players of all time behind your block? Yeah, it was, it was kind of an interesting combination of both because I didn't feel any pressure from April or her team, you know, Jen and Fiapo. Um, like I said, they made my transition really easy, but there, I felt pressure from myself. Um, so it was kind of a, I had no pressure from her and then pressure from just myself. And, uh, my whole family was in Seattle, which was really cool. They decided actually when I was down in Brazil that they were all going to go to Seattle. Um, so the fact that they got, got to see me play with her was really neat. Um, so I felt a little pressure in that. Um, it was my first finals, but honestly I was more nervous in the semifinals than, than the finals. Um, before the finals, April was like, we already made it here. Let's just go play and have fun. Um, and so, yeah, I no pressure from her in that sense at all, but yeah. How did you manage the internal pressure that came with it? A lot of self-talk yeah. <laughs> and just mm-hmm. a lot of, um, and like I said, my support system, my family and my friends are amazing. Um, they sending me texts and I kind of, people that I've just, uh, over the years who have come to know me, like were super, super supportive and really excited about it and, um, just made me feel like confident and comfortable and ready to go. And that was a hell of a final, too. It was really fun. Holy final. cow. Oh, man, I was going to say, you probably gave your whole family a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about pressure. I mean, what, I mean, how many... That was probably the match of the year so far, it, for well, sure. Well, the finals in Hermosa were pretty epic, too. Yeah. Oh, that both was of them, yeah. But really I, think your, I feel like yours went longer. I was, it freeze, was like... Right? It was 19-19 and then 16-14, I think. I think so. I think it was like an hour and 22 minutes total yeah. match Phew. time. Yeah. That was insane. It was fun. Yeah. And I really yeah. didn't even notice like how long we had been going until it was over. And then I heard someone say it was an hour and 22 minutes. So I was like, wow, that's really long. But I was <laughs> like, I could, we can keep going. Like, let's do this. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I wasn't like this, this, please end. Right, right. No, I was ready. That's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned that you weren't, uh, you were more nervous for the semis than the finals. Mm-hmm. Is that because like, were the semis almost like an icebreaker? And then after that, you're warmed up. Yeah. You played, you've got your touches, you've been on stadium. It was just as packed with the semis as the finals. Right. And I mean, like, like you said earlier, Seattle was, that's only my second Sunday. Um, so I was excited to be back there and, and do that. And uh, wanted to make the finals, obviously. And playing with April was like, I want to be, I want to win this tournament with her. Um, so yeah, that was way more nerve wracking than the actual finals. Finals mm-hmm. was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do expectations change when you make a final? Because then the next weekend or two weekends later in San Francisco, did you do you approach it any differently? Um, I try not to. Um, playing with a different partner, Gene and I, again, didn't have very many practices before the San Francisco tournament. Um, but when we lost in the quarters, I actually think that was the best thing for us because we got to play that extra match and on the windy stadium, and then we get to the semis on Sunday morning, and we're like, okay, that's another match under our belt. I think that one went to three sets too. So just every time you get to play, you know, longer is, is good. So, um, yeah. I think Emily and Betsy, 
I think probably <laughs> played more matches than anyone because they lost early, early on Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. So they had to go way through the contenders bracket. Yep. And made it all the way through. Dang. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Tell me about it, Travis. <laughs> and, then Sarah, and then Sarah and I played Emily and Betsy in China and lost them in China. Oh. I know. You're due. I know. I, for, fourth time is the charm, right? That's, a, that's it. That's a saying. I mean, last, we'll make year, it last year was kind of Emily's uh, coming out party. Yeah. So she's kind of a year ahead of you in that sense, I feel like. But yeah, she's on fire. And she is. Betsy's like kind of the perfect part. I feel like they're both really analytical, mm-hmm. right? So they kind of complement each other really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Emily's definitely uh, stepped her game up uh, for the U.S. in general mm-hmm. uh, these last two years. Yeah. They're a good partnership. Yeah. For sure. Which that way. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And you are now on three consecutive Sundays, so congrats on that. <laughs> Thank first you. First of all. Thank you. Coming into Manhattan, which is, I mean, the biggest tournament, mm-hmm. AVP tournament of the year. Mm-hmm. Another new partner. Another new partner. Um, so are like, how are you handling just the preparation? Is it any different? Is everything just staying the exact same? Uh, yeah, everything's pretty much staying the same. I mean, we're getting our practices set up, figured out. I'm, I'm doing the same thing that I've been doing, at least from a preparation standpoint with my workouts, my nutrition, um, all of that has been pretty constant throughout the year. Um, and like we said, Nicole is an amazing player. Um, so I don't, I feel like our transition should be pretty, pretty simple. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to play with her. Again, she's someone that I've never even practiced with before. Um, so I think the next couple of weeks are going to be a pretty cool experience. See what I can learn from her. And yeah. And she was in the finals last year, mm-hmm. right? With Brandy. With Brandy. Yeah. yeah. And wasn't she in the finals in New York too this year? With Brandy? Yep. yep. Yeah. They yeah. lost to Sarah and Summer. Yeah. Which so. Brandy, by the way, is having a phenomenal year overseas. Yeah. yeah. Holy a, cow. Her and Heather Bansley are doing really killing well. it. Yeah. Definitely. Canada she's in general. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Brandy's an amazing player, though, too, and she's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, the first time I had seen her play was last year in Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, when they made the finals. And then I saw her. She was practicing next to us, and she jumps, like, twice as high as I do. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I got to move courts. She jumps twice as high as everybody. That's pretty <laughs> insane. And she's ridiculously long. Like, I have tiny little T-Rex arms. I'm, like, 6'2". I'm a solid 6'2". <laughs> and my wingspan is, like, 5'9 and a half. <laughs> I have tiny little really? T-Rex arms. Yeah, and she does not. She jumps well and has really long arms. I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think like true blockers on the women's side are almost hard to find because you're looking at now we have the influx of college players mm-hmm. who don't really learn or need to block all that much. Right. So they're not huge presences at the net because they peel so much. Mm-hmm. So how nice is it to have that skill set? It makes you like pr- like a pretty rare talent. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I this is actually the first season that I've considered myself to be a true blocker I kind of always had it in the back of the head but I really wanted to split block and play defense because indoor in college like passing was my thing like that's what I love to do um but this year I've kind of just actually owned that I am a true blocker and uh it was a big focus down in Brazil Uh, my blocking was something that I worked on a lot down there um yeah and I'm leading the AVP in block so it's working Definitely. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I keep thinking throughout this podcast, like, God damn it, I got to get to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some reps, boys. <laughs> yep. I got a lot great. of reps to catch up on, actually. But you're doing well. Doing well. Yep. Good. Gonna uh, get back out there here soon. 
Yeah, he, uh, him and Kame, uh they beat the shit out of me and Hagen the other day. Did <laughs> so, we? So I try, don't keep score. try did, did still we? got it. <laughs> I don't keep score. <laughs> In practice, I might have to stop keeping score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never win or lose if you don't know what the exactly. score is. <laughs> Just everyone when we got reps. Now, <laughs> uh, 2017, you won most improved, but this year, results-wise, you're having like. A breakout year. What do you consider more of a bigger stepping stone year? 2017, when it was obvious that your skill set came along, or 2018, where now we have the finishes to show for it? Um, I, I think I would say being being most improved last year. Um, someone mentioned that they thought I might get it again this year, and that honestly was like the biggest compliment ever to see hard work paying off one year and to have people recognize that I haven't stopped trying to improve. Um, that would be such a huge, huge compliment. Um, finishes are great, but putting in the work and the journey of, of getting those finishes is what I think is the hard part and the fun part and the challenging part. And so having that recognized is, yeah. is huge. I totally agree on that. Like to get, if you got two most improved in, uh, awards in a row, that'd be, it would be unreal. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it before. And Someone mentioned it to me in China, and I was like, holy crap, that would be, that would be crazy. unreal. Um, yeah, because, I mean, when you have a good year and you improve that much, now you just changed your standard. And it's so easy to get sucked into all the pressures and things that have changed and expectations and all that. But right. to just be like, okay, but where do I start from? And you just work from there and do it all over again. That's saying a lot, yeah. for sure. One of my biggest fears in life is being stagnant. And mm -hmm. in, in where I'm living and my personal development, my personal growth, it just being stagnant is something that I never want to be. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, to have that growth is huge. Yep. What do your off seasons typically look like? Obviously this past one was weird. an exception mm -hmm. in an awesome way. Yeah. What do you typically do in the off season to keep that growth and fight that stagnancy that you just mentioned? Um, so like I said, the last couple of years I've been coaching a lot of club, my off season, um, for my career is filled with a lot of coaching, which also I travel a lot for that. And then, um, last year, the year before, I think the year January before I got introduced into like the SOB volleyball vacations. You guys Ooh, yeah. heard about that? Those are fantastic. And so I am doing those in the off season, which is a great way for me to make a little money, get out, experience Mexico, meet new people, um, kind of refire my love for the game, spending a week in Mexico with people who think what I have decided to do with my life is really cool. Right. It's just like good for your soul. Um, so yeah, I'm doing a couple of those trips again this off season. Dang, yeah. I need to do that too. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> they I'm are, just going to hang out with you this off season. fantastic. lengthening tries bucket list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spending a week in Mexico and getting paid to be there is not a bad deal at all. Yeah, and it's, uh, I'm sure it's at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah, and honestly, but the, the people that I have met in the process of that has been the most amazing thing ever. Like I said, Tom Davenport is the guy that, that runs everything, every tournament Great I'm at. Great guy, by the way. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Every tournament I'm at, I get a text from him saying... You're doing great, following what you're doing, good luck, keep it up. Um, the, the people that go to these trips have been at every AVP. Um, in Seattle, I had like little fat heads made of me from these people. Oh, They've really? been at every trip. That's awesome. They now know my family. Like my mom says hi to them. Um, so those connections are really, really special. And having that support system at every tournament is awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. 
like it. And now you might try to add Brazil back in some off seasons again. If I if I can make it happen, I absolutely would. Yeah, yeah. but we'll see. We've I'm mentioned... trying to get through the last or the next two weeks, and I can't right, plan, yeah. can't plan that far ahead yet. Well, <laughs> how's how's your body holding up? Because that's an intense, active, rep heavy off season directly into a pretty strenuous season in terms of travel. I mean, you've played in a lot of tournaments. Yeah. I know this is a little bit lighter FIVB wise, but you played a lot. And yeah. you're, you played a lot more matches in tournaments than you typically do. So how are you holding up? My body is great. Yeah. Um, when I went down there to Brazil, we changed a lot of what I was doing. Um, the way I was working out, the way I was eating, the way I was doing my physical therapy. Um, we kind of changed everything, and it's been a success. I'm still actually working out with the strength coaches from Brazil. They send me my workouts now. And um, I, I'm loving what we're doing. So I'm going to keep, keep doing that. My body feels good. This is the best I've ever felt in probably my whole volleyball career, indoor and beach. So I'm going to keep doing it. What kind of workouts are they? I mean, anything. You don't have to give the secrets. But, you know, <laughs> like in general, is it a little different than the traditional Olympic lifting? Or, or yeah. is it a lot of Olympic lifting? It's, it's a, kind of, a lot less Olympic lifting. Okay. I didn't lift at all in college. It was something that we didn't do at Long Beach. We didn't lift at all. Really? And then I started the beach career, and it was all Olympic lifting, and it, my body just didn't really... Yeah. I got really strong, um, but it wasn't functional for me. Too much load on the joints too, right? Yeah, I think so. It beat and me up, that's for sure. So now I feel like we're doing a little more functional um, training for the sport, and it's working well for me. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. You've mentioned a few times that Olympics have always been the big goal. Mm-hmm. Have you set a certain year? Like, is 2020 where you're going or 2024? Maybe you just want to hit 28 right here at home in LA. <laughs> right. 2020 is definitely the goal. Um, I want to be realistic with it, too. And, and that partner situation, that's looking like that's not going to happen. Who knows? That might. A qualification it starts in September. Um, but 2024 is definitely a goal. I kind of wasn't sure if I'd be playing 2024. And now that I'm getting closer to 2020, I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready to be done. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no way. Um, so yeah, 2020 is still in my mind for sure. But 2024 is definitely what I'm looking at. All right. And that's Paris. Yes. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I've never been to Paris. So all right. Me neither. So I want to go there. Go do a podcast out there. (laughs) Yeah. Were, have the Olympics always been a thing since you were little? Because like for me, I grew up and I loved the Olympics. It's, mm-hmm. my, it's been my favorite sporting event to watch since I was like like six. Mm-hmm. And so Olympics, like obviously, is a super far stretch for me. But like I've always wanted to be an Olympian. Like when did that start for you? Honestly, when I was a little kid, um, I remember I was four or five and I was watching the Olympics and I ran up to my mom and I was like, I'm going there. Like I don't know what I'm doing or what sport, but I'm going there. And then when I started playing volleyball in middle school, um, I was like, ran up to her in the bleachers after the, my first game and was like, I love this game. I want to play this <laughs> forever. And we're like, oh, okay. So maybe that's my thing. I'm actually yeah. extremely like unathletic and terrible at everything else. <laughs> so I played, I played soccer forever. I was terrible at basketball. So Motorsports? Motorsports. I do love that. There my brother had a really bad accident though when he was racing. Um, so my parents, when I became of age to, to ride, they wouldn't let me do uh, okay. nearly as much as, as he was allowed to do. But yeah. we, do, we still love it. Probably not the worst restriction. for the best. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I still love to ride. Yeah. Now, where can our listeners follow along and find your beach volleyball journey? Where are you at on social media? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
Snapchat, all of the above. So what's uh, what are the handles? Caitlin Ledoux Beach Volley for Insta. Um, Caitlin Ledoux for Twitter. Caitlin Ledoux for Facebook. Pretty sure that's it. Pretty straightforward. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think that's it. <laughs> I'm starting to think. I'm like, I don't actually know my handles. <laughs> Have you, how bad has your last name been butchered? Oh my gosh. So bad. Okay. And we, there's also a thing that's happening right now with the Amazon Prime people. My mom asked me to say this because they think that my dad's name is my mom's name because my mom's name is Terry and my dad's name is Scott, but my mom spells it T-E-R-R-Y, like how guys spell it. And so they think that they keep saying, oh, your dad's a federal corrections officer, Terry. And they're like, no, that's my mom. And the first time they said it to me, I just didn't register because I was like, oh, my gosh, an interview. I'm nervous. And then they keep saying it now. And I'm like, okay, I got to fix this. So my mom is Terry. My dad is Scott. My last name is Ledoux. L-A-D-O-L-A-D-O. I hope I didn't butcher it last year on the live stream. (laughs) It's okay. Everyone does. But there are some pretty fun combinations that I get for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm really curious, actually. I didn't get to watch the replay. Well, thank God I didn't watch the replay of my match on Stadium. But I'm curious as to how they, if, if they got my last name right. I just have no stream. idea how to say oh, your last yeah, name. Oh, your, yeah, your last name's brutal. Yeah. It took me a while. It's, I just <laughs> asked well, you like Mark, every time. Mark nailed it. He did great with the introductions. But then I, I'm interested I like, to see how I like when people Cameron just, did. They're just... Blatantly say Mayweather. Yeah. Like, right. It obviously doesn't say that, but sure, it sounds cool. <laughs> My favorite was Manhitter. At a basketball no. camp, they called me Travis Manhitter, and I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling with it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've had some pretty bad ones, but... Actually, and then some. there's a country singer, Chris Ledoux. So I'm, if they say my name right, I'm like, you, you like country, right? You listen to country music, and nine out of ten times, they're like, yeah, Chris Ledoux. Ah. Right. I'm going to have to listen to him. I'm a country guy and I haven't heard of him. He's kind of old school, but he's good. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. I think I got on the live stream at one point and, and uh, you got a block or something like, Caitlin, don't hit on me. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. That's the most perfect. creative I got. <laughs> UC Irvine, so I played at Long Beach, and UC Irvine um, had a nickname for me, LaDouche. I was like, that's actually, that's actually pretty, <laughs> I know that's like good not heckle. a compliment, but that's pretty, yeah, that's actually pretty good. At least it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It sounds elegant. Anything with le in front of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Now we have our final question for you that we ask all dun, dun, of our dun. guests. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. If you had to give one recommendation or piece of advice to someone just picking up beach volleyball or getting into it, what would that piece of advice be? Um, honestly, I think it would be to just not put any restrictions on yourself. I have a lot of people ask me, um, if they think, or if I think that they would be able to make it in the beach career. And I think beach volleyball is so, such a self-driven sport that if you have the desire and the drive to do it, then you should try. Um, it's not for anyone else to tell you that you can or you can't. Um, so just, if you have that goal, set that goal and then make the effort to, to, to get there and don't let anyone else tell you that you can or you can't do this or you can or you can't do that or you're not good enough or whatever whatever you know don't listen to anybody else just do you let do you (laughs) there we go yes that's definitely the title of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yes you're welcome when did you get that mindset to just get after because it's a very rare thing to do i think I, i think not a lot of people would just take a chance going to china with zero FIVB points or Russia, Russia when yeah. Russia and Ukraine were at war. Yeah. You know, when did you see that mindset just risk taker and kind of adventurer? 
Um, honestly, I, it's kind of always been there. Long Beach was really big about that, just put, putting all your effort out there. Um, but then last year, I think, is when it really, when I started to really embody that of just, I don't care what anyone else says about me or about what I'm doing or anything like that. I know what I want, and I'm going to go make that happen. I love it. Thanks. Now, is there anything else you want to add? Anything we might have missed or you wanted to mention, which we would have talked about? I don't think so. It's pretty good. Covered it all? Yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, we like to have fun on the podcast. <laughs> Nothing too yeah. serious. That's right. It's, I'm sweating so bad because I'm know. nervous. It's, I, no, it's, I'm, it's, it's, it's I'm sweating because it's <laughs> I'm uh, 81 degrees. We don't have, uh, we don't <laughs> have AC in my house. I'm going to pull an Ed and take my shirt off and sit here and levitate. <laughs> <laughs> and levitate. <laughs> all right, we'll turn the camera on. <laughs> we appreciate you coming in. Thank good you. luck in Manhattan. Thank, we thank will, you. We uh, will see you on the set. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.